Legion of Dogs. Your free resource for multi-dog living. You had some questions for me about my yard? Yeah, you said you changed it. Yeah, so I have um, a very small potty yard that the dogs pretty much have free access to all day. And then I have a larger three acres that's fenced and I'm giving the dogs more unsupervised access in the three acres. And they're loving that? Oh, they are. They're running around, sniffing stuff, rolling and stuff. Um, Enzo likes to pick blackberries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always uh, shocked by dogs' tolerance for blackberry bushes. Yeah, he's he's pretty good, though. He only picks the ones that he can get without, um, you know, getting in the bushes. Well, when Jubilee I had likes my pointer, he went in the bush. And he had no coat. And it was somehow yeah. always fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Enzo, if, if he loses a disc in, we'll jump in no problem, but there's gotta be a reason for it above, <laughs> above blackberries. <laughs> Jubilee likes to pick raspberries, but she doesn't pick the blackberries for some reason. She's very particular. Yeah. Just the little wild raspberries. She likes those. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can hear, but Frankie Pickles is here and she's playing. <laughs> Is is she playing by herself or with the other dogs? She is currently playing by herself. She's an independent-minded puppy. <laughs> <laughs> She's super cute. I miss her. So I thought we would chat about Frankie Pickles, the new dachshund puppy. And we could start with you because you actually got her before I did. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was so much fun. I'm glad you went to Disneyland. <laughs> so I picked up Frankie and I brought her home to my home household of four dogs and in my household um my dogs aren't really puppy dogs none of them really love puppies um but I have one in particular who really dislikes puppies especially in her own home and so when I brought Frankie home my goal was to integrate her with as that least amount of stress as possible on anybody and to make Frankie think it was a happy fun exciting time not something to be worried or scared or um anxious about so what'd you do oh so I set her up I had the zone set up beforehand so my dogs are already used to if baby gates are up or x pens are up that they might be on one side or the other and that that is something they're used to from day one as soon as a new dog comes into my home or I get a puppy that's one of the things I want to teach them that sometimes you don't have access to other parts of the house or sometimes you won't have access to me or what have you but that's all good you sell your food your water your treats your love all that stuff so I had a zone set up for Frankie in my kitchen um so it's about I don't know but an eight foot by seven foot space and I had all their toys and I had a crate in there and blankies and water and chews and then I had a separate x-pen up blocking my dog so they couldn't actually access that the x-men that was making that area so there are two barriers between my dogs and that space and when i brought frankie in i had my dogs put away um, so that i could bring out frankie and put her into her zone with as little drama as possible and then she's having a good time exploring. And then I slowly started letting my dogs out and one at a time, let them meet her and say hi. That So I, did, I didn't want her overwhelmed when I brought her in by three or even just two of my 
dogs or four <laughs> of my dogs running up to her. And how did each of your dogs react to this? Well, <laughs> my, um, I think, I can't recall. I think I introduced Riker first. He's my little one. He likes little dogs and he tends to like puppies until they start kind of chewing on them, <laughs> uh, which is what, 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 what puppies do, right? <laughs> so I let him meet her first. I opened the gate and he chose to go in and he's very polite sniffer. And he said, hi. And then he kind of looked at me and he's like, okay, I've had enough. So I put, let him go outside. And then I brought in, I think Enzo next or Max, one of them, same idea. And I just over a few hours introduced each of my three of my four dogs. I wasn't going to introduce the one that doesn't like puppies. I would probably have Frankie here a good two weeks before I'd introduce Jubilee and Frankie together, just because I want them to have all that scent exchange and parallel activities. Um, I did take them outside together, which is where Jubilee's not anxious. So Frankie met, quote unquote, met Jubilee outside, but they didn't sniff. So they shared space. Yeah. So we go for walks together around the property. Mm -hmm. And we talk about walks for Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny because she is extremely small and short and not fast at all. I know it was um, very slow walks around the property. <laughs> I think it took me about 10 minutes to get up to the gate to open the gate <laughs> with the Frankie. But also because I, I don't want her because I have eagles and hawks. I didn't want her more than, you know, six or seven feet away from me because that scares me. I didn't want her to be uh, somebody's dinner. I'd have to take all my dogs and move to Mexico before you came back from Disneyland if that had happened. <laughs> Well, we got back and got her from Chris and my integration was easier because my dogs are used to having puppies in the house because Story's had a litter and I've, I've had puppies stay at our house before. So we kind of did some prep there in that all of my dogs have experienced new dogs, new young dogs in our spaces for different amounts of time. And they all did really well at it. Um, Previously, I'd been more cautious. Like when Story had her first litter, I actually borrowed a muzzle from Christina for a Navy, <laughs> just in case. Um, but Story was very trusting of Navy. And I did do the muzzle on her. And when she did the meeting with the litter, it went so well that we didn't use it for really more than a couple seconds. And Story has good judgment. So I need to trust her. <laughs> Um, so I knew with adding this puppy in our household, it wasn't going to be that hard. The only parts I was concerned about were things around food bowls and feeding times because two of my dogs have some resource guarding. So when we brought her home, um, James carried her in after he went in to greet all our dogs first because they were going to be very excited because we'd been away. So once he had greeted them, came back out, got the puppy, came in with her, um, he held her. They gave her a sniff and then we put her down and she just integrated into the group at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's where knowing your dogs and how they feel about puppies and how they feel about other dogs is important. So if we look at my household and versus your household, like my dogs don't play together necessarily. They might do some bitey mouthy face stuff, but your dogs wrestle and play nonstop. They're very different social temperament than my dogs um even my golden retriever mix she 
used to play like that, but since she's gotten old, she doesn't want to anymore. She's sore. Um, so knowing if you have dogs that like wrestling and body play, bringing your puppy is going to be a lot easier than if you have dogs that think that's, that's some sort of torture. Like my guys, the border collies can't be bothered with that kind of thing. Definitely. And I think, well, my dogs range with tolerance for this. So the 16 year old Chihuahua was not happy about the puppy. Um, but he was only unhappy if she was physically touching him. And if she wasn't physically touching him, he was okay. And his reaction to physically touching him is to just bark. So it's not like a hazard. He's not going to hurt the puppy. He's just letting us all in the whole house know <laughs> that he was unhappy that she touched him. Yeah. And that went away after a week. But because we had buffer dogs, I call them buffer dogs, but all those dogs with ages in between him and her, she had other things to direct her focus on. Mm -hmm. Versus if I had just had a senior dog and got a puppy, I think it would be really hard. And I've seen clients do this and I, I can see how hard it can be. And I, I don't know if I personally would do it if I had just a 16 year old dog. I think I would have waited for him to have lived out his life first. Yeah, it's but really I, hard. Yeah, it is. Because, and it's, because, it's yeah, an emotional it, thing too, because sometimes we really want the puppy in that stage too. And if you have a 16 year old dog and say you only have the one dog and maybe that was your hiking buddy or your partner to go do things with, and now that dog can't do it, it's normal and natural to want another little buddy that can go do those things with you while your old dog likes to stay at home. I have a case that I, after we talk about pickles here, I'll, uh, I'll talk about this, a, a family I was working with just last week with a similar situation. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're looking at big picture thinking, I would recommend to people not wait that long before you mm -hmm. add another one. Um, mm -hmm. I add dogs really frequently, though. I think a lot of our listeners probably do, too. <laughs> and who knows? We have a range of people out there. Um, so I have also a 13-month-old, a 4-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And the 5-year-old also wasn't super keen on the puppy right away. She's our mama dog. Um, she's like, kind of gave me that face like oh I have somebody else to take care of now <laughs> <laughs> but the two younger ones were actually really kind of excited and they're my most playful dogs they play all the time they play together they have a really good relationship and because my youngest just took this puppy in, like right under her wing they kind of become a crew that's which wonderful it's made it so much easier and I've gone to clients homes where they've gotten an older dog and a puppy and I bring one of my dogs as we'll call it a buffer dog but like an in intermediary and it actually enhances the relationship between the senior and the puppy yeah puppies need social contact they don't necessarily need to play with other puppies but puppies have a need to play a lot of them do mm -hmm. and if you're other dog isn't in a space, headspace, if they just don't like it, if they're too old, what have you, that can cr create a lot of problems. So that's where you can either get bring in a buffer dog, but you don't have to get another dog. You can do it yourself. You can be the dog's wrestle buddy. Um, it's important to socialize your puppy and let them experience other dogs in safe ways. But you, you need to meet that need, especially if you bring home like a dog like Frankie or like a golden retriever, that dog needs, that's a need just like all the other needs that they need that playtime. And um, if they're not getting it, then there's going to be more conflict between them and the senior in the home. 
Absolutely. And Frankie is honestly just as happy to play with any of the humans in the house as the dogs. She mm-hmm. likes to switch between all of us. <laughs> rounds. She's very social. Yeah, and she'll also she... play by herself too. Like it's it's good to teach puppies how to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things at my house that they all learn because they play with me. I play with my dogs a lot. And when Frankie was here, I sent you a video of her playing with my braids, <laughs> but she was very, very playful. I played with her with my hands. I played with her body play. Uh, I kind of treated her like a kitten, to be honest. <laughs> She's about the same size. And then we would play with toys. Um, she had lots of playtime. And then as long as she was playing with me, when I saw her, because I had her loose with the three of my dogs for the most part. And when I saw her kind of go with that glint in her eye that she wanted to go Mm -hmm. wrestle with somebody who wasn't going to enjoy the wrestling, particularly the Eskimo. Um, He's a chase me kind of guy. He's not a, he's a don't touch me kind of (laughs) guy. But he, uh, when I could see her, I could call her away for a, a little play with me. And that would help her learn that he's kind of off limits for that style of interaction. Yeah, and that's the best way to manage that. I will say this too, having the puppy be the smaller dog in the equation is also mostly helpful. Oh, yes. (laughs) There's the larger puppies, especially like we're looking at a Riker or Remo, my 16-year-old Chihuahua. If I brought a puppy in that was a similar size to them, when there is body contact, I think it would create more stress and anxiety than it does with a dog that's two and a half pounds. Yeah. When I um, brought home my Mastiff mix, this was many moons ago, I had a, I think she was 15 at the time, a 15-year-old American Eskimo who was anxious about other dogs, was, was you know typical little American Eskimo who's afraid of everything. And she, I brought home a Mastiff puppy. He was 24 pounds at eight weeks. And that didn't go so well. We did a lot of separation. You know, gave her her safe spaces because it just wasn't a good mix. He was, she was 20 pounds and he was 24 pounds at eight weeks. So it just wasn't a good mix. And if you're going to bring that home, then I think it's safe to say you're going to likely live in a gated community for the, for the sake of your older dog. They deserve peace and quality of life in their last years. And um, gated communities are sometimes part of that while they learn boundaries and social skills and how to be together. Yeah, for sure. And I think conditioning the dogs like you have to that part of the reality before you bring home the puppy too is just Mm -hmm. crucial to having success. Because if your dog has a new puppy to deal with and suddenly gates everywhere and they never have before, that's going to be a lot of stress on the dogs. Yeah, it's it's ideal to be able to set your dog up, break down the new picture of what it's going to look like as much as possible even have friends bring their dogs over so your dog kind of gets used to it if they're not used to that already and then the other piece that I always ask people to do is to set out the x-pan or the puppy zone and put resources in it an important part of having a puppy and a multi-dog home is that just because you see something you want it doesn't mean it's for you and that's okay we want to desensitize and teach your dogs that they'll get their own treasures And sometimes they won't. It's okay if the puppy has things and they don't. So we can kind of set that up ahead of time and get our dogs used to that idea before we also throw this little um, pointy toothed running, barking, peeing (laughs) beast in the picture too. (laughs) 
it's just something we both naturally do with our dogs because we have dogs come and go. So if you don't have that lifestyle where you ever have a different dog in your home, really helps to make a plan and condition the dog in advance. Like when I visit a family member and they only have the one dog living in their home, when I come with all my dogs, it's really hard on their dog. It's not really hard on my dogs. And I can contain my dogs in different spaces of the home without any stress. But if their dog's not used to that, it is hard on them. So even just for visiting friends and family who might only have one dog or a dog that's not used to dogs in their spaces or new dogs in their spaces, it can be helpful for everyone to practice this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it makes it easier then to take your dog camping or if your neighbor or your family member maybe gets a dog that's not compatible with yours. If your dog is used to the idea of separation, you can still go on group family camping trips together or um, like us, we go and stay in hotels together because the dogs are used to that context. So it's not a big deal when we go somewhere and throw up some baby gates and they're like, oh, okay. You know, absolutely. And if you trial and you only have one dog and you ever want to trial with friends who travel with lots of dogs, having your dog used to that too can be crucial. Like Christina and I went on a trip to Washington to compete and she brought her one dog and I brought two at the time. And none of our dogs were bothered by needing to be separated because they had that expectation already. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know if we had to separate them. No, we planned to, but yeah, mine but they played with really each good. other and yours did tricks on your bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is a lot. How about I sit pretty? This is a lot. How about I balance something on my nose? This is a lot. <laughs> That's his coping mechanism. And then more recently I went, um, we went to nationals and I traveled with Erin. She just brought one dog and I brought three. And one of my dogs is best friends with her dogs, but not inside. So Jubilee loves Vilia. She wants, she's the only dog Jubilee wrestles with and runs with and plays chase games with. She absolutely loves her. Come in the house. Jubilee is like, mm, no, stay out of my space. And Vilia, the other dog, does is fine with max my old blind dog outdoors but again indoors border collie's like you're kind of weird you have weird eyes you bump into shit sorry (laughs) (laughs) and i don't like you so we had a lot of that and we we ended up you know keeping them quite separate because the dogs were uncomfortable and the dogs are used to that so it was really no big deal at all Yeah. So having these separations can help with any kind of dog introduction, puppy or adults or temporary or foster Mm -hmm. dogs. That's a big thing too, because if you're bringing a foster dog in, we don't know the history on those dogs sometimes. And if Mm -hmm. your dogs are at least calm and used to the separation, it's going to help that dog so much when you bring it home. Yeah. Bringing it into a calm environment is much better than bringing it into one where everybody's stressed out. (laughs) Absolutely. So why don't you tell us about your client and what you did to help them? So my client has currently two puppies and a senior poodle something small mix. And the the way this worked out is that mom has the senior little poodle shih tzu type thing, about six pounds, I guess. And adult son lives on his own, gets a puppy. And the mom takes care of the puppy during the day while the son is at work or, you know, out, out of the home. 
She has a nice big yard, nice big house. It's lovely. And that puppy is wonderful. He's very respectful. He's a little tentative about things, which makes him go when another dog says no. He goes, oh, okay, no big deal. He's lovely, absolutely lovely. He is currently about 10 months and things have been wonderful. And they were so wonderful that mom went to the same breeder and brought home her own puppy, <laughs> another mini Aussie. So now they have the senior that lives in the home full time, the 10 month old male that comes most days, kind of uh, a noon to six kind of thing, I think something like that. And now they have a nine week old, another male, and that puppy is so confident and so pushy and so full of himself. He is just having a grand time. And he he likes to kind of push around the older dog. He barks and runs circles around him. He's a herding breed. So the, he's not respectful of the senior dog's space. And the, they don't have, they have an open concept and the little dog isn't used to baby gates and X-pens. So the fix in this situation was that a they're never unsupervised together that's not fair someone could get hurt or scared but whenever the puppy is in the same room with the older dog he's wearing a drag line so he's wearing a leash kind of with the handle cut off so it's not likely to get caught up in anything and if the puppy starts going towards the little dog and the little dog shows any signs of no thank you as soon as there's any kind of interaction like that the puppy is called away and that's kind of backed up by leading him away by his little drag line. So the puppy is learning that as soon as that the senior dogs just stiffens or looks aside or gives any kind of like, I don't, I don't want this signals the the puppy is redirected somewhere else. So we're putting that in place. The other issue with this family, and that's not actually why I was called over. The reason I was called out was that the two Many Aussies are free fed. And when one puppy, one dog comes near his food, the older puppy reacts. So the big solution there was to, you know, stop free feeding, we'll start feeding the meals, give them separate space. But also we're going to teach them that it's okay for the other dog to have things. So we put a tether on the older puppy. He isn't crate trained. So we put a tether on him and we put the younger puppy in his ex in his crate, uh, the old dog went off and had a nap. She'd had enough or he'd had enough. And we put the younger puppy in his crate with a bully stick and we tethered the older puppy to a dog bed with his bully stick so that they could get used to the other dogs have treasures and it's not uh, it's not it's not your job to go over and check out, see what someone else has. We're gonna teach them that to stay in their own spaces while um, while they each have treasures. And to note there, um, when we did tether the older puppy, he looked really uncomfortable. So we took the tether off and let him choose where he felt comfortable being with his bully stick. And then we tethered him at that spot. So it's important to make sure that we're not tethering him somewhere where he feels uncomfortable. We, we put him somewhere where he was safe and then just restricted his access to the puppy's pen. Yeah, and that's a good point to make about the resource guarding because... Some of my dogs, like the whole idea is, oh, we'll just crate everyone and then they'll have their bone and be happy. But I have one dog that won't eat a bone in her crate. She's mm -hmm. uncomfortable being confined with it. So she would prefer to actually take her bone and go outside. 
So finding a space that the dog's comfortable in is pretty crucial when you're working through these issues. Otherwise, you might be creating more anxiety around the resource. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that if the dog buries their treasure and doesn't eat it, or if they pace around with it or maybe whine with it, um, those are signs of anxiety that your dog isn't necessarily comfortable with the setup. And for my guys, I don't, I don't have any huge resource guarding anymore. We've worked through a lot of stuff. So I don't necessarily want to create everybody, but I've created and tethered and, and done enough supervision now that they know if someone else has something, you don't approach them. Otherwise I would redirect. Um, and now that they have that habit that others can have things, if they finish theirs first, they might just sit there and watch from a distance or they'll likely just go off and do their own thing or come and look at me, but they won't approach the other dog who has a bully stick or a Kong or a bone or what have you. But that took, that took some time. Yeah. And you can train it based on the individual dogs in your group. So for example, my Aussies can all have bones out together. They respect mm -hmm. each other's space. They don't try to take from one another, but the Chihuahua needs to be contained because he doesn't <laughs> read body language at all. And he'll walk right <laughs> into them and try and take their bone. And that creates stress or conflict. And then again, with the puppy, I'm not going to leave her out with a bone with everyone because she eats too slow. Mm -hmm. And because she doesn't know the rules of the game or the household yet, she's still integrating in with them. So she's contained, the Chihuahua will be contained, and then the Aussies can be loose together. So you can kind of, you don't have to treat all your dogs the same. No, not at all. Like, for instance, right now, I've got an American Eskimo that is in his bedroom crate with a Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, dogs are all individuals and they have different things that make them all anxious or comfortable or happy and trying to treat them all the same isn't kind of fair or even respectful to who the dogs are because they're all individuals. But um, on the resource guarding note, I get a lot of um, questions from clients like, how can I make my dog okay with the other dog coming up and sniffing their bone? or chewing on the other end of their bully stick. And I'm just like, well, some dogs are okay with that, but most aren't. So when it comes to that stuff in a multi-dog home, often it's setting fair and realistic expectations. We're not gonna train our dogs not to be dogs. No, but we could in that scenario, theoretically train the dog that wants to sniff the bone not to. Excellent, yeah, that's exactly where we go with that rather than treating, train, trying to train the other dog to be comfortable with a second dog chewing on his bone. Mm -hmm. And that's where like you have a course on station training that we have available now. And mm -hmm. that would be super useful skill to have in place for things like this. Mm -hmm. I honestly, my dogs all have pretty big feelings about various toys or treats or me or sleeping spaces. I, uh, without sleeping, without station training, I, I don't think that my two males would have worked out together. It would have, it would have been a rehome situation if I hadn't been able to station train them. Absolutely. So having those crucial skills in place can be just a game changer for having conflict in your home with dogs. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that felt really good today. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to add or we're good to wrap up here? I think we're good. My puppy is sleeping and I can go make a tea now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice talking to you. All right, bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you'd like more information, don't forget to check out our website, our Facebook group, our page, and our blog posts.